Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Teach Steep Repeat. My name is Dylan. And my name is Dylan. <laughs> Hello from the two Dylans. Um, how are you doing, Hayden? My name's Hayden, actually. Oh, hi. For yes, all sorry. the new listeners. We've had lots of um, new listeners. Yeah, really good. The That's last great. episode went down a treat. We should do serious stuff more often. I always, re- <laughs> I always remember someone, someone just has mentioned how it's just mm. slowly declined from the start of the very first episode about strikes. And then we did the episode, it was after the episode we did when Rory came and it was just completely mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, let's try and get a bit of a semblance of, you know, order. Mm-hmm. So last lesson, last lesson, last lesson. Oh, you slipped into mode. teacher mode then. Right, last lesson, kids. We're looking at short multiplication. Okay, <laughs> so everyone listening, this no. Last episode, mm. uh, our best day one and day two have been released in episodes. Yeah. So really, really, we had ten listeners. <laughs> we had ten. I think it was Rishi and the rest of his cabinet <laughs> yeah, listened up from to that one. one listener. Yeah, from Gillian is... Keegan up to ten, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and your family who <laughs> send me, family, send me yeah. t-shirts they, when I say stupid stuff. They count for about fifteen, don't they? Also, love how you've not worn that t-shirt since you got it. Anyone doesn't know Hayden, it's right there, so you can grab it. Yeah, uh, there is a t-shirt that my parents I was printed for him. Um, parents, if you're listening, he's not washed it once. He's not washed it. He's not worn it. It's just been sat there. I was gonna wear it today. But obviously, I forgot. But, oh, wrong way. Yeah. There we are. If you look on the camera. Also, if you're not watching on the camera, I wonder if it sounds different. Because you might notice if you are watching that me and Dylan haven't got our usual microphone set up here. No. We've got new little pop shields. Look at us. Yeah. <laughs> we feel really professional. Yeah. Isn't that very professional as we sit in your little tiny third red room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In our studio. You, be- you mean. Yeah, sorry, studio. Anyway, Dylan. But I tell you what, very quickly on the studio note, yeah. you do have like sound protection things on your walls. Mm. I actually thought they were really small shells at one point. But oh, well, these things, yeah, yeah. No. Maybe well, we'll could... post a picture on the Instagram for anyone who little, can't see them. Little Lego things you could put on there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, little um, Lego miniature things. Yeah, like... no, the, the, oh. the boards behind me, they're just soundboards because it's, it's it's very boxy in here. It yeah. echoes a lot. And it is a studio, as you've been saying. Mm. But anyway, we had a really good response to our last episode. Um, I'm here. I've, I've honestly been spending the last two minutes stalling trying to remember what it was about, but I can't remember <laughs> what the last what episode was called. What was it called? <laughs> you absolute fool. How could you forget oh, what the last episode was about? Workload reduction task yeah, good. I stalled then so that you could remember because I forgot as well. Yeah, anyway, went down a treat. We went through all the different things and just had a chat about how teacher mm. workload it's all a bit of a facade isn't it the word what, workload until want, there's funding if you want to know more about it check out last yeah, week's episode it's out. a good one it's a good one we talked for a long time it was extended a long bumper episode anyway only one thing this week i want to talk about because we kind of introduced it last week uh, the whole oh you're gonna tell me about your week oh, yeah i didn't ask week. yeah you did earlier oh, okay you forgot about that <laughs> you did you did <laughs> Go back and listen, mate. You did. (laughs) Hayden, how's your week? (laughs) So, you know, last week when we mentioned um, that your class had just made up this forfeit thing Mm -hmm. for me, we're losing this time tables battle, which I, of course, did. Well, we've since had the forfeit. And basically on Tuesday when I was on duty outside, oh, man, your your kids were so excited at the prospect of chasing me. I went outside and within 20 seconds, I had 25 (laughs) year fours all crowding me. Some of them were just like grabbing my arm so I couldn't get away. And I'm like, oh, don't do that. Get off me please and they were like right we're gonna give you three seconds i just started counting <laughs> they're like three and i was like oh, i've got to run haven't i i've got to run but i can't run too fast because if i pelt it and run into a kid can you imagine no so i had to do that classic like i'm pretending i'm really old and can't run very fast like oh running and they all pretending. caught me <laughs> yeah 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 and then they all caught me and it was really sweet so yeah. then after once i once I was like, oh, this is annoying now. Because uh, <laughs> they wouldn't let go of me. I was like, right, well, let's get Mr. Price, shall we? They were like, yeah! I was like, let's all go to his window and do this. <laughs> and we put our hands up to our noses and yep. we all came to your window yep. and you saw My it. My blinds were closed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, they, we, they obviously then didn't leave me alone again. They were like, let's yeah. chase you again. I was like, no, let's not. <laughs> let's not chase me again. Let's do a conga line. So yeah. I started a conga line and then all the other kids from the playground joined in. I had about 100 children in the end. <sighs> and we went back to your classroom to walk past to all wave at you and you weren't there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we were 
just waved your empty classroom. Oh, anyway, but the overall summary of this is, isn't it nice when the kids just, it's so stupid, this little thing we did. It's nothing. It was nothing to you. It was nothing to me. And I reckon it made some of those kids' days because they were just so bad. It made their week. I swear to you, every day in maths, they were like, "Is it Tuesday yet?" Like honestly, they were really cool. And um, they were saying (laughs) to me, "You're going to chase them, aren't you?" I was like, "Ah, I've got a meeting at break." (laughs) Sat there on your desk, (laughs) do my marking and watch out the window. (laughs) But I did see the conga line. Hilarious. And then just you had, I saw like year fives and year sixes in the yeah, conga line. Yeah, that was all there. So good. Like a 200 child conga line out on the playground. So good. So that was kind of the highlight of my week. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the highlights of mine, actually. Yeah. I had a couple of things I wanted to talk about because it just really made me laugh. Hang on, sorry. How was your week, Dylan? (laughs) Oh, God, thank you. (laughs) I thought you were never going to ask. There was this one child that came up to me this week. It was so good. And she had like seven or eight pieces of paper in her hand. Like, not in a pile, obviously all been crumpled up or folded and stuff. And she was like, fo- like trying to walk along and they were falling out. She was picking them up. She was like, oh God, Mr. Price, Mr. Price. So she put them down on my desk and was training through them. Okay. Training through all these mm. papers, looking one minute, I can't find your one. And then she gave me a piece of paper. It said, best teacher ever, Mr. Price. Had a football, had um, something else. Uh, I think it was like a man with a beard, obviously. I was like, oh, best teacher ever. Nice. What's it? What's that in your hand? She had a pile of best teacher ever posters <laughs> for every single teacher who teaches us. And, she, and then she even afterwards said, um, where can I give this to um, Mrs. Evans, who's my partner teacher? Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, why don't you wait and not show me the other best teacher ever one? <laughs> and she was rifling through them. The PE teacher, the music teacher, the head teacher. Teacher. Me, yeah. <laughs> best teacher ever. Best teacher ever with the seven others who I've got on my list. Yeah. So that crapped me up. Also, I don't know if anyone else gets it who works in a school gets this. I'm sure you do. But it really made me stop and think. The amount of questions I get, right, when, when any kind of transition. So when they're coming in in the morning or they're coming from break time or they're coming from lunch. What are we doing? It's one, yeah, one child <laughs> after the other. One child after the other. Oh, no, 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 no. Usually something you can kind of just bat off. Mm. Like, oh, I feel a bit poorly. Okay, have a drink, go and see how you feel. Oh, yeah. um, so-and-so said this in the playground. Oh, where's that so-and-so? Let's talk, you just talk about it quickly. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everything's part of the course. There's one thing the other day that a child said to me and I actually replied to them something I've never really said before. Okay. <laughs> okay. So they came, I, I don't I, care. <laughs> no, Dylan. I, I, no, I said to them, okay, what, and what do you want me to do about that? Like I was so, I was like, Oh, that's so sassy. No, no, I know, I know. But but this is what they said. And this child can take it. So there was no issue there. Yeah. They come up to me and said, oh, uh, here's my, uh, handed their book to me, their reading. Yeah. And just to show me. And as if, as if I can solve this problem. So gave me their book and goes, oh, I was reading it, but I've lost my page. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. <laughs> I was, yeah. Uh, okay. Have you tried looking like, for it? Yeah. She went, yeah, I can't find it. And was handing me the book. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> What do you want? What do you want me? To, I, I don't know where you were. And yeah. she went, oh yeah. And then went yeah, back to yeah, her yeah, seat. Yeah. What do you want me to do? That's like up there when they finish their page and go, um, can I go to the next one? And I now say no. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. And they, oh, okay. Yeah. Most of the time they'll just turn and laugh. Yeah, obviously. This girl this week yeah. went, okay. Oh. <laughs> and so I was like, oh darling, of course you can go to your next page. What do you do every other time you finish page? Go to the next one. Okay. Yeah. Carry on. Has Let's it ever been a problem? <laughs> Can you imagine wanting to do more work and we go, ah, excuse me, that's not today's piece of A4 paper. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very yeah. much. That that's, that um, story is equivalent to me. So at our school, we do um, something called quizzing. Yeah. And the children read books, they quiz on it just to kind of show that they've understood it really. And uh, it's, it's just when, when a kid comes, comes up to you and says, oh, can you help me on this one? <laughs> and it's like, I, unless I've read the book, which I almost definitely haven't because there's about 5,000 books in our library. Yeah. I, mean, I just, I'm just going, oh, 
I haven't read the book, mate. I don't know. I don't know what. Why would I know the answer? I'm not. I can't. I haven't got time to read the whole 215 page book. Can you have right this quiz? Not really. Yeah. To be honest with you, it's the one of the only things I absolutely, definitely am worse than you at because I haven't read the book and you have. So I definitely can't help you with it. It's so funny. <laughs> I feel bad though because I'm like. No, <laughs> yeah, it's just we all know children ask useless questions, and we're just used to batting them off. But that really caught me off guard, and I was just, I just didn't know what to <laughs> yeah. say. It's like, okay, there is there yeah. is absolutely nothing I can do to help yeah. you with that. You've had quite a funny week. Yeah, I know it's not even it's didn't finish there. Done. What else? Didn't what other funny there. stuff? We did then? we did DT this week. Design technology. <laughs> that's pretty. That's <laughs> funny. That was a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we were doing fastening, so buttons, mm. zips. All that kind mm. of thing. We've done hinges previously. This is this feels like the next. I don't know why. Why do yeah. puff fastenings feel like they lead on from zip uh, from hinges? <laughs> I don't know, but it does feel like it does anyway. So we did hinges before Christmas. We're doing zips yeah. and buttons now. The children will be sewing a button mm. onto a flannel, uh, and we were doing a lesson all about different fasteners and the advantages and disadvantages and why you might use poppers for one thing, like a baby grow, okay, yeah. and why you might use buttons for something else, and why a zip might be more beneficial on a coat, for example. Mm. All these different pros and cons. And we were going through each one and we were getting the children to talk to each other and say, okay, give me one advantage, one disadvantage and somewhere you think we would use it. So for poppers, it was one advantage, very easy. Mm-hmm. Disadvantage, it doesn't completely close up the gap yep. between the material. Yep. So you get holes. So that has to not be a problem. And where would you use it? We said a baby grow because we're talking about roaring yeah. and that, that all is closed pretty yeah. much our poppers. Have you got a baby? You? Yeah, I do have a baby. I've never yeah. mentioned it. Mm. Um, I've shown, I showed someone three pictures of him this week <laughs> and it was the same picture to the same person every day. So <laughs> have you seen this yet? And they were like, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. saw it lovely yesterday though. when I told you that I'd already seen it. Yeah, yeah. Lovely though, lovely. Anyway, uh, this one girl, <laughs> this old... <laughs> We were doing DT. And I think we were on, um, maybe on Velcro by this point. Another one. <laughs> right. So we're on Velcro and we were going around. Cool. Okay. So you've all chatted on your tables. Give me one advantage of Velcro. And someone was like, yeah, really easy to zip off. Really awesome. Yeah, like, cool. Yeah, yeah. Give me a disadvantage because Velcro seems dead easy. It's actually yeah. harder for children to sometimes think why Velcro would yeah, be bad. Yeah, because Velcro is like the ultimate It's on everything. Thing, it? Yeah, literally. It's so simple. But mm. why would you not use it? And we basically uh, ended up saying because... Uh, you can have other fasteners that are more sturdy. Velcro is very easy to come off, so yeah. it's obviously not yeah. always suitable. Anyway, I said yeah. to this child, she put her hand up for a disadvantage. I went, yes. And she went, I was just in a hall and I saw Mr. Stevens in his shorts and he looked really weird. <laughs> anyway, a disadvantage. My, and she carried, and she carried, and honestly, I was like, and I just had to say to her, I was like, oh, Okay, I felt bad because I felt like I was facilitating this out of nowhere. Honestly, she'd just been out to do a group quick. Yeah, Come I back in with this I was doing PE on yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, she's like, yeah, he's wearing shorts. He looked really weird. And I was like, oh, did yeah, he? Can we, let's, let's not be too mean to him. Okay, maybe he looked a bit weird. We don't just say it in front of everyone. <laughs> That's really funny. If one of my kids said that to nowhere. me about you, I would have been like, yeah, well, was he wearing his ogre shorts? So <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but you no, were nicer than I am. No, I just immediately felt bad because the whole conversation we've had before about even the children think it's weird when men have like legs out and stuff yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, just it's yeah. it's not something that's normal yeah and i was like oh am i going into this it is funny though like i, I think it's more myself. that it's probably more that we wear trousers 99.9 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. of the time so when they do see us in something else yeah. especially me who wears the same clothes all the time <laughs> yeah. see me in anything different they'd be like oh and that's y- weird you in sportswear is odd isn't it? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, was, I had one sock inside out as well do you remember me showing it? So <laughs> yeah. at the end of, one, of the, one of the kids was on the floor when, when I was showing them what to do in the hall yeah. while I'm standing up and just put his hand up and went, oh, one of your socks is inside out Unbelievable. and I was like alright oh, okay there's I'm nothing that all okay. the kids laughing okay fine did you want to check your spending mistakes and you're independent right or <laughs> yeah. is it just my socks that you can notice from my life <laughs> Uh, anyway one last thing before we move on and this is like kind of just a bit of advice I guess to people who may be earlier on in their career even you 
uh, we played this game. So we finished after, oh my God, like the first time in about a year where mm. we finished the lesson and we had a very awkward amount of time left. It was like 15, 20 minutes. Wow. We're reading a class book in English mm. and we do English sets. So I didn't want to read the class book to them because then we'd all be on different points of the book. It would mess everything up. So about 20 minutes, I was like, okay, listen, if you guys can go and get your stuff very sensibly and come back and sit down, I'll get a little game ready for us. Hmm. And we played Mad Libs. For anyone who doesn't know, Mad Libs is where there's a story with gaps, okay? Right. And you'll say to them, okay, give me an adjective. Give me a noun. Give me a plural noun. And you go through, and it's it's like a mini spag lesson because you can make it that way by talking about, I want an adjective. Yeah. And they'll go, running. I'm like, oh, that's not an adjective. Mm. That's a verb. It's, a, it's an action word. An adjective describes something. So it's it's still educational, but mm. it's so funny. And the kids would just, they, this always goes down so well with them because it's complete <laughs> nonsense. It was like, give me, a, give me a noun. And they go, toilet. And I'm like, excellent, because I know it's going to be crazy in the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. So sure. you put toilet in, you put a person down. They had Olivia Rodrigo. Let's put her in who's a singer <laughs> yeah uh, all these random stuff and at the end you press generate and it generates this story where the gaps have been filled in uh, by the so, words. It puts, so it puts it into a little exactly like, so it's a now it's a small narrative where on its own the narrative would be really boring it might yeah. be like a pizza party yeah. right yeah and so our pizza party was i felt so lucky this week to have a pizza with toilets and bogeys on them <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah, they keep yeah, reading yeah. it the kids are losing their minds <laughs> and when they hear their word yeah. in the story they're like that was my word and now it's on the it's on we can't eat it can we and it was so 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 nice i had eight kids at the end come up to me can you write it on a piece of paper i'm gonna google it and do oh, it at home so what is it then what, what's, is it a proper it's website? just mad libs you can just google mad libs mad libs and it's mad libs is like the name it's like charades right yeah. so it's not like a set thing it's just called mad libs yeah so loads of people who do mad libs other companies and stuff yeah, yeah but do yeah, it with sure. your kids like a little mini 10 15 minute gps thing it was so engaging and the idea that loads of kids at the end were laughing hysterically had basically just done a gps lesson without realizing mm. and come to us to do it at home yeah. i was like christ that is what we need to be doing with these children yeah finding fun ways like we always do with your blow dark maths and all that kind of stuff <laughs> that was just nonsense it is nonsense <laughs> but it sums up how I like to do my teaching and you, I think, which yeah, is if yeah. the kids are fully engaged in something, you can, you can hide the learning almost. Yeah, 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 like yeah. you can just recap stuff, yeah. get them to think about the learning it. Learning is a requirement almost to play exactly. the game properly, which they really want to play. Exactly. Well, if you don't know what adjectives, you can't really play, can you? Precisely. And then you can turn around and say, someone that said big. And I was like, no, 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 no. This needs to be the funniest story ever. Yeah. So then they go away and they think, oh, okay. Uh, even if they think of a better word than big or a more exotic word that yeah. you wouldn't have seen before. Yeah, like yeah. we were doing some reading and, a, and a, one of the vocab <laughs> words we looked at was ancient. Very simple word, but for mm. children who are like seven or eight, nine, not one they'd often use. Mm. Uh, and they were using words like ancient mm. and flamboyant and stuff mm. that were on mm. our vocab wow. wall. It was just nice because then it goes in the story. It's just hidden learning. And they're my favorite types of things, I think, where the children are almost tricked into learning through having a good time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Can you spell flamboyant? Yeah, I can. It's all oh, jingle. Oh, jingle. You got saved by the bell. So as you can tell from the title, we're going to have a little chat about absence. And I say little chat, I think it's going to be another long one. <laughs> we're going to try and aim for an hour. If it's a bit over, it's because we're having a good conversation. But absence is a huge focal point at the minute in education. We've talked about teacher workload reduction, strikes, all that kind of stuff. Almost can come across sometimes quite self-centered, can't it? We're talking about our experiences and we're always trying to put to the front actually the reason we're going on strike and the reason we talk about well-being is because at the end of the day, that's what impacts the children the most. Mm. Because no matter what people say or think, I know for a fact that as teachers, the individual children and all of them together are what is at the front of our mind. That's what we want to get the most out of this whole system. So absence is a big, big, big barrier to achieving that 
when actually they're not even getting into the school building. Yep. There's a huge um, kind of focal on it right now because of post-COVID, absence is worse than ever. It is not recovered. So we've got some stats that we're going to go through, Hayden. Mm-hmm. Before we go through these stats, as a teacher, why is it that we wanted to have this chat? Why Why do we think it's worth talking about? And do the, do the stats we'll talk about in the future kind of reflect what you see as a teacher? Oh, 100%. It's, it, is, it is crazy different. And I do wonder if it's like that for everyone. Uh, clearly, when we look at the stats, you know, on average, clearly it is. But, you know, I, I'd like to know if my experience has been similar to most people or worse than maybe the average. So what do you know. see that is different to before COVID? Just, there's just like, okay, two main things, I think, maybe three. One of them is- Maybe four. When, yeah, maybe four, maybe, maybe six. Mm. When, when kids are off, so in the last like three years, sure. I've noticed that when kids are off, it just tends to be a much longer period than it ever was before. Right. You quite often used to get kids off one day. Mm. Like one day they were, they were, you know, they had a stonking cold and the, but they, that, there's that one peak day where you just feel like rubbish and they're off that day back in the next day. Sure. And at the moment it's kind of like, oh yeah, two weeks off. So two weeks, mm. you had a cold, mm. two, week, two weeks off. Mm. And I'm, so I'm finding that that's happening a lot, but also like the threshold of like just what, what kids are off for. Yeah. Just seems to be way more... Blase, that's the word I'm looking for. Mm. Just thought, I'm like, really? You're off for that? Like, yeah. I, w- I would never say that to a kid. No, of course not. Because we've, we've said before on our podcast, you know, 99.9% of the time, it's not it's not really the kid's fault. Like, I no. do think it is, as a parent, especially of primary school, we're thinking of right now, secondary mm. school may be a bit different. It is kind of the parent's responsibility, really, to get your kid to school if they're six years old, isn't it? You know? Sure. On the whole, um, there'll be certain the things we'll talk about later. SEND, you know, mental health, different illness... We yeah. know there are, yeah. but, but we're talking run of the mill. Yeah, I'm talking absences. right now. Just, just they just the kids that you know they're just a bit poorly. Or they just don't want to be in school. So I'm not yeah. talking legitimate yeah. absences. I'm yeah. talking like you're just poorly. Sure, you know, or sure. maybe even going on holiday or do something you, like that. So do you think we'll talk about holidays? That's yeah. really interesting because yeah. yeah. I think we're going to have some different opinions there. But mm. um, so in terms of that kind of idea of children are off for longer. Mm. I've not thought about that, but that's absolutely true. Mm. And do you think that's a hangover from the COVID, you know, stay indoors thing where, you know, even when you were feeling well with COVID, mm. it was no five days <laughs> yeah, indoors. Yeah, yeah. No matter how you feel, five days indoors. Do you think that's had a bit of a hangover? Yeah. Do you think the trust has been eroded? What What do you think are the reasons for what you're saying? I've not thought about it before, but that's got to be it, isn't it? So mm. all I have thought about is it's not a coincidence mm. that since COVID the absence is a massive problem sure it's definitely linked yeah so what part of covid i don't know and i think maybe that's true it is the whole like all oh, your you know you've got covid and you're not even ill with covid a lot of the time some people weren't ill with it like yeah. they just had it stay at home you know like first was it like 13 days it was like at first average. it was about two weeks yeah yeah and, it, and it's kind of like yeah i do think maybe maybe we've got a bit used to the idea of ah it's okay to have a bit of time off of school if you're mm. like a little bit poorly yeah. Or, you know, you just, you know, you want to milk yeah. another couple of days out of it. I don't know. But it's yeah. definitely a problem since COVID. And I think that's be- what I can say. I agree. And I think before we go into these um, details now and break everything down, because we're going to look at a report that was mm. um, uh, this committee that was part of the House of Commons a cross party thing that kind of put their um, findings and their ideas towards the government. We're going to talk mm. about that in a second, all to do with absence and whether we agree and what we think can be done. I think what I want to lump in with absence as well, though, is lateness. Mm. And this idea of it, yeah. it seems to be for a lot of people now, uh, both children and adults, that they think it's okay to be late. Mm. Uh, there's there's no there's no rush anymore. Oh no, we've got to get to school on time because you know every every second of learning is really important. And in the early parts of my career, I was definitely someone, even as a teacher, who kind of rolled my eyes sometimes to that. Like, mm. all right, five minutes here and there is not going to hurt. But we're talking now about 
if children are late every single day to mm, school mm. and it's by half an hour, 40 minutes, sometimes the entire first lesson, mm. if you actually look back at a week at the end, there might be some children who, although they were in school every day, missed 80% of their maths learning. If you teach maths first, yeah, 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 they missed yeah, every yeah. single registration session when the school's trying to do some catch up groups with them. Mm. And inevitably, and we'll talk about the groups who are hit more by absences, inevitably the children you want to do the most work with and <laughs> the most catch up with to help from the COVID absences yeah. and to boost their, um, their attainment are the children who are off. Mm. So there's a double whammy there. Of course, cool, we've got all these interventions running and only 30% of the children are in for them. So it's it's lateness, absence, the whole kind of attitude towards school and its importance have completely, to me, been turned upside yeah, down. Yeah, it's a bit too laid back now. Not of everyone, because I do seem to, I have found over the last few years, it is repeat offenders. Mm. I'm not finding that all 30 of my class are sporadically having different sure. sort of days where they're maybe not in or, or they're coming in quite late. It is generally, over the last few years, it's the same handful of families that, you know, sure. are, that, where the kids are coming in. So really, really late. With that in mind, then, and we're going to talk about this later. There's got to be some underlying things going on as mm. well. There've got to be. What are the reasons that this has happened? Now, COVID's obviously going to be a big one. The erosion of trust, I think, between the average person and the government. When when you turn around and tell people that schools closed mm. for children, and it's because of this, and we say it's okay. That's going to erode trust eventually when, okay, well, you close yeah. the schools for two months. Why can't I take my kid out for two well, weeks? I'll never forget Boris. I know, I, I know I've said this on the podcast ages ago, but I've got to say it again because I'll never, ever forget it. It's like a core memory of mine now. Was when that Christmas, I don't know what year it was, 2021. 2021. I think it was 2021 well, Christmas. Well, qu Christmas 2020. Yeah, leading going into 2021, January, where it, he was adamant, you know, everything was saying we should not be sending kids back to school. Like we were at like peak, peak COVID time. It was terrible, terrible time. Everything was pointing towards let's not send kids back to school straight away after the Christmas holidays. Boris adamant we were going to do it. We all went in for one day and then the next day he closed the schools. That for me just, that sort of summarizes what you're saying there. Like I, I lost, I didn't have much faith in, in him anyway, but from that point onwards, I like I absolutely had zero hope that even for the future of, of the country with that kind of leadership. And I can imagine a lot of parents, that's, you know, that kind of thing. Why would you trust the government? Like, or you need to be in school, but also, no, it's fine. The last second, change it. Of course, they're going to start losing trust in... Eh, this advice is a bit hit and miss, really, because yeah. last year I, was, I spent 13 days off um, three times, actually, over the year. And, and my kid was fine. My kid, my kid had fine. no symptoms and they missed yeah. out on all this stuff. It must be, it must be really frustrating. Yeah. It was frustrating for us as teachers. I think before we get into all details again, I know we're going to have a really interesting chat here, but mm. I, I really don't want this to turn into a point the finger and blame thing. I know we've already said it's the parents' um, responsibility to get children in. That is true, but there are going to be reasons why there's this huge trend. These huge trends don't happen for nothing. No. There's going to be some underlying reasons. We're going to try and get into them and think, okay, well, it's going to take a long while to fix, but what can we do to fix them? So let's get into some statistics. Cool. These can't be, you know, argued with this is just what has happened so yeah. it's as simple yeah. as that well i don't know about that <laughs> yeah well was it from the government uh, so <laughs> absence has doubled from pre-covid to 2023 so just before covid 2019 absence ran at about four ish percent four to five percent after covid it's almost hitting eight percent so again four to eight might not sound like a lot 
Think about the hundreds of thousands of children that yeah, that's affecting yeah, every single yeah. day. Think of the relationship. It's double. Du- exactly. Double's it's doubled. doubled. It's doubled. Yeah. Where you had three children persistently absent, you now have six in your class. Yeah. And talking about being persistently absent, and there's a threshold for this, mm. it simply means that this isn't a one-off problem, like you said. This yeah, becomes yeah, a repeat yeah. offence. Yeah. One in five children are defined as persistently absent in so school. So one, one of five of the absent people. So one of five of that 8%. No, no. No, one in five children. One in five children One overall. in five children. 20% of children. Persistently absent. If you walked into a school, one in five of any of the children in the school are persistently average. 20% of kids are persistently absent. Exactly. That's I'll explain mad. why. The 8% absence, yeah. that's that's rolling. So right. every, any given day, 8% of kids are off. Okay. Okay. To be persistently absent, yeah. you have to be off for 10% or more of school time. Of the year. Oh, that was, that was Just like in general. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. So right. to be off for 10% or more, if you think about it, that's one in 10. So one day of absence every two weeks minimum yeah, yeah. for for every two weeks of a year, that's persistent absence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One in five children are missing one day at school or more every two weeks. That is so much more than I thought it was going to be. It's incredible. When you sit down and I bet if you look back at registers and stuff, mm. you actually sit and work it out. You'll be like, yeah, that, yeah you know, yeah, one yeah. day out of two weeks. It does make sense because we, like, we're, we're in a culture now where, I start, where we celebrate when everyone's in. I know. It's like, hey, everyone's in today because yeah. it so rarely happens now. Yeah. So on any given day, you'll have two or three people off yeah i must say very quickly before we carry on i've noticed this because just just in my school where we we the bell goes at 8 40 in the morning mm. and then mass will start at 8 50 it kind of gives a 10 minute grace period so what i'm about to say isn't the amount of children who are in when mass starts mm. but it's an indication of the kind of you know what we might see in schools where when the bell goes at 8 40 yeah 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 i've started to track how many children are lining up ready to come in okay <laughs> i had Last week on my three days in. Out of how many? Out of 31. Yeah. 10, 11, and 12. Ready to come in. Ready to school. come in at 8.40. Yep. And we want, you know, it's open at 8.40. Come in. The gates open at half eight for the playground. Yeah. So 8.40 is when we walk in. Yeah. Math starts at 8.50. At 8.40, I had 10, 11, 12. Yeah. This week on Monday, I walked in. Mm-hmm. There were five people in my line five at 8.40. Five kids. So for context, same school I get consistently like 20 to 20, yeah. 28 kids at 8.40. Yeah. So, you know, we're not... So yours are just not... It, it, it's not... It, obviously, it's not something that every single person is experiencing the same. No, but that, but you are experiencing that. But that's, that's you know, and, and again, you, by the time mass comes around, people, they stream yeah. in. Yeah. Do you find that I'll, you get a lot streaming in the next 10 minutes after that? Yeah, I'll get a lot streaming in, but still when I send on the register, it's very, very common for me to have at least six children not in this building. Wow. And then they have to check. And then by the afternoon, I'll have one or two not in the building. So, yeah. the, you know, these yeah. do, so they these are coming in, in. They yeah. do come yeah. in. Yeah. So uh, again, talking about persistently absent and then severely absent even right. more so if you think <laughs> yeah. one in t- 10 days is enough that's doubled the amount of children who are severely absent from one yeah. percent to almost two percent so yeah. Yeah. The, it's a it's a picture which is very clear to see and if you strip mm. it back absence was going down steadily from 2010 it was something that although not lots was being plowed into it there was clearly still a bond between the family, the government and school where we understood the importance of getting in. COVID yeah. completely diminished that. Mm. Completely. Yeah, it must have done because I, I think the culture has changed, hasn't it? I can feel it. The culture you did used to be, it was almost, you were almost shunned. If, if, you, were, if you were bringing your kid in late, it was almost like a, it's embarrassing, isn't mm. it? It really, mm. wasn't mm. it? It was an embarrassing feeling because it wasn't as common. Yeah. Uh, oh god, oh my god, we woke up late. Oh god, yeah. I'm embarrassed, you know. But now it's kind of like, oh, we woke yeah, up late. We woke, woke up, up late. late again for the seventh time this term. Go on, then you better head to school. It's oh, it's nine fifteen. Go on, yeah. that'll be all right. You'll be all right. Just tell him you're late. It's fine. I do feel like that is how it's 
Oh, I don't know. But there's yeah. lots of reasons which we're going to get into today. So, yeah, and um, I think it's, it's important when we have these chats, we're always the first people to say, well, there's and there's a reason for everything. So there's people who say with behavior, well, have you tried building a relationship with them? <laughs> like, yes. And it's like, okay, look, we know, and we're going to talk about it, so please don't get your knickers in a twist, okay? If you're listening <laughs> to this and thinking, oh, no they're, no, they're not thinking. Yes, we know. And we're going to talk about all the reasons we why. We know everything, all right? But, but <laughs> there are also some people who just need to get their kids into school. Yeah. They just need to do it, okay? It's, it's about having a bit of discipline, a bit less laziness, and that would help. However, does that explain the trend? No. Obviously not, because <laughs> no. the trend wouldn't just Because those people like always exist. Exactly. Genu genuinely. Exactly. So there's no point getting all worked up and worried about, oh, they're just so lazy, get them into school. No, mm. something else has mm. happened here, and I'd love to dive into it. Yeah. Yeah. So before we do, very quickly, there's obviously homeschooling. Yeah. That is another thing where it's not very formalized. Mm. There's not like an official formal education, uh, not for people who aren't receiving a formal education. There's not an official like government register to kind of yeah. just track and make sure those children are still getting the education they need. Yeah, of course. Homeschooling works for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I'm not against homeschooling, but I do think that it's it's kind of, it's okay to say, are these children getting the right kind well, of Well, it's, it's a system, it's simple as this, isn't it? Homeschooling objectively is not a bad thing, yeah. but it is a system that could much, much more easily be abused than sure. the school system. Absolutely. Because there, are, there is just a lack of register and a lack yeah. of, you know, government-wide systems to monitor these children are getting, you know, a proper education for the correct yeah. time, amount of time or whatever. So yeah, it is a system that can be abused and I do think, yeah, there should be some further monitoring now more than ever Definitely. to make sure these children are receiving an education definitely let's have a quick jingle and then we'll come in and we'll talk about what you're laughing I, I like the, the phrase we've turned it to use this phrase let's have a quick jingle like a, <laughs> let's have a quick break so we can get our thoughts together yeah so a quick jingle. we're going to come back uh you've heard all the stats now we're going to dive a bit deeper what's causing these absences mm. and what can be done about it mm. and is dylan going to go on holiday with his child when he's at school in term time in term time mm, big question <laughs> Right, so we're back. Um, Dylan, before we get into the juicy stuff, mm. I do want to ask you a personal question because we've both got we've both got kids now, if mm. you didn't know already. <laughs> mm. um, size 36. Oh, no, not, oh, not your... Not, not, not the diet. Oh, we, we haven't talked about the diet, but we're not getting it because we'll talk about that next week. Um, right, so holidays is obviously a thing. That's the thing. We're not going to talk really much about holidays in this episode, but let's just do a quick conversation now. So... You mean holidays, not school holidays. Okay, you I, mean I'm talking classic type type of absence is kids being away on holiday during sure, term time right sure. and every teacher's like god damn it because you know you want to get some mm, stuff done i'm not oh really yeah what's your question okay my question is will you be would you we have an extra week mm. the way our school works out where we are off for a week where most schools are still in it's sure. in term time sure holidays are cheaper we're going yeah. on holiday this year in yep. that week yep together <laughs> would you take rory out of school in that week to go on a cheaper holiday considering they are about a third of the price yes yeah, yeah. I, I do, again, I, this is I make it really clear to people listening that we're not these draconian. Every second of school, you must be in this, and the government say so, and the the government say so. You must do it with your child. No, we hate the government. Like, don't don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is. I, I have never, ever been of the impression that it annoyed me when children went on holiday yeah. in term time. Firstly, it's a capitalist absolute nightmare. I hate capitalism anyway. <laughs> yeah. But the disgusting price rises and hikes during yeah. half... As long as that's a thing, I will never begrudge anyone going mm -hmm. on holiday. Mm -hmm. Would I, Okay, do you want to do an £80 fine and a £500 holiday? Or yeah. do you want to do a £1,500 holiday? Hmm, I'll take the £80 <laughs> fine, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and definitely. if children are being in school consistently and it's a pre-planned holiday when you know you'll be off for a week mm. and you can easily find out what the children are doing or you know what not and just enjoy yeah. your holiday and yeah. then come back and be absolutely fine 
I've never had a problem and with just that. just let the teacher stress about catching them up. <laughs> well, I'm a teacher. I do it enough for other children. They can do it for my children too. <laughs> oh, I but, see. No, no. But my point is I, I've never ever as a teacher felt like it's been so, so detrimental when a child's had uh, like a lovely holiday away with their parents for a bit and yeah. they come back. It's not something I go, oh, to the office. I think my child was on holiday. I don't care. Okay. Like the, like the owls question. Yeah. How many ho- term time holidays yeah. until it starts annoying you and you think actually this is irresponsible? I think one a year is acceptable. I think yeah. two a year I'd be like, all right, come on. You've had your cheap holiday. You don't, you don't need, yeah. no one needs two holidays a year. <laughs> yeah. Um, you don't I think, need one holiday a year, do you? Yeah, no, I think, I think if you're going on holiday, you've, you're going to do it in term time because it's a third of the price. Yeah. yeah so if yeah, you yeah. can, as an adult, take mm-hmm. your child Take three then. For a week. Buddy. Take three in term time. It costs the same as the one holiday you could have done not time. Yeah, time. you could do. You could do. <laughs> or use the thousand pounds that you've saved <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. Uh, you know, do something else. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I, my point is, you know, I'm happy for that as long as it's in reasonable which to me is one of the one a yeah, year yeah you've gone away for a week cool yeah i spoke to a secondary school teacher funny enough recently about this just a friend mm. and they were like they had a slightly different opinion because they're like mm. yeah because there's so many more like pivotal points like gcse's and stuff where sure. it's like, oh it, does, it is really frustrating though when it's like a month before gcse well, we've had children going go they're doing sats yeah or the week before or whatever but is it more like, frustrating oh. for the children or is it more frustrating for the school well for the school it's yeah. not frustrating for the children if anything yeah. it's even yeah. better for the children yeah. now so, they have to do the stupid sats <laughs> so who who actually cares yeah does me. it actually matter yeah, if no. the children, that's if, why i try not to any any time my kids go on holiday when they come back and mm. their parents have you know told mm. them to pretend they weren't or something and they're t- tanned and they're like <laughs> yeah. oh is it? i'm like yeah do you have a nice did you have a nice holiday yeah. i'm just like let's just cut, let's cut this i'm not gonna get cross that you've been it's not your fault you're on a holiday yeah. but, but, did you have a nice holiday you then? not really it, would, mm. it genuinely would only annoy it has annoyed me a, a couple of times in the yeah. past because i've had children who have genuinely gone on like three or four yeah sure um, and the only thing that does annoy me is is, is ugh, i've very rarely seen this but any entitlement that comes with it if you take your child out of holiday, you've got to, you've got to deal with the repercussions of the missing education. Right. I've had parents come in and say, um, "We're going on holiday. Um, I need you to prepare, you know, a booklet of work yeah. for maths, booklet of work for English, yeah. so we can yeah. do all of the stuff. I don't want them to miss out on anything." Yeah. Like, well, if you well, didn't want to do miss you not out, want to miss out? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I and I've genuinely any time that's ever happened, I've just gone no. Yeah, yeah. I said good. nope because you you've chosen to take them out of term yeah. time. It's genuinely not my problem. And when they come back, you're still going to spend some time catching them yeah, up. Of course, like I will. Of course yeah, inadvertently will. But yeah. that's the only that's the only you're adding to my workload because you want to go on holiday in term time. But, if a, but do you know what? If, if a low-income family who mm. maybe wouldn't get to go on holiday that year, sure. if, the, if their only choices are we don't go on holiday or we go in this one time in this one week in term time, would I be annoyed? Not at all. I'd, no. be, I'd be like, it's God, I'd almost on the side be like, please do go on that holiday. Yeah, 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 I'll, yeah. I'll help catch your kid yeah. up. Can you, ma- can you imagine, right, set, turning around and saying to a child and a family, you can't have that enrichment at all. <laughs> By the way, all enrichment's been cut and we don't do anything in school that's <laughs> yeah. fine anymore because well, we we've got no money. Limit, can't we? Anyway, enough about holidays. So basically, I just want to get it across that, yeah, it's like you said, we're not draconian. I, I think absence, look, it, it, we can deal with some absence. Some absence is fine and a little bit, a holiday every now and then, whatever. It's stupid. And if you're ill, model. you're ill. Yeah, you're it's Ill. fine. We'll be fine. But we're talking about a massive rise in overall absence and sure. where that's come from. And actually, it is to have an impact mm. in general. And, you know, why? Why is it happening? So, so Dylan. Yeah, the top the top reason children are off is illness. Still. Yeah, of it was illness before. It's illness now. However, what's really interesting about this is the amount of children who are off ill has massively increased since mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's tracked with a doubling pretty much. OK, so are children twice as ill as they were before COVID? No. I don't think that they are. Maybe obviously there's COVID now, so there might be a bit more illness going around. Yeah. But we've always had flu seasons. We've always had cold seasons. We've always had children tonsillitis, children off for different reasons, poorly tummies, poorly headaches, whatever it is. Mm. We've always had illness and we've still got it. But why 
is there more authorized illness right now than there was before COVID? Clearly, COVID's had an impact. Yeah. So the threshold for what we would say as parents for keeping children home, mm. that threshold has lowered massively, I cool. think. So what do we do? What do we do about it? I what think can we do? The committee said this, and I think it's excellent advice. And there's going to be a running theme here, Hayden. Mm. Very much like last week when we talked about the workload reduction. There's lots of fantastic ideas. Yeah. Nothing will happen. I tell you what. Nothing will it. work. Don't say it. Go on. Don't say it. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> listen to the first point. Okay. Listen, maybe, maybe listen to the first All couple. Right, okay. Then we'll say yeah. why none of this will happen. The one thing that's going sure. to stop this, everything from happening. Yeah. After 30, 14 years of a Tory government, what could it be? Um, so <laughs> especially for keeping kids, it's obviously moved. A big thing the committee have, have said needs to happen is really targeted, like kind of investment almost. Mm -hmm. and, and this idea of we need parents to know exactly through mm -hmm. guidance yeah. when to and when not to send your child to school. Yeah. What is it that might be contagious and therefore be a bit of a, a vector in school mm. and spread illness and more children are off, therefore you keep your one child at home? Or when is it actually okay? You've got a bit of a poorly tummy. Let's see how you mm. get on. Crack on going to school. I think that'd be really effective. Mm. I genuinely think that, you know, something as simple as that would be really effective. A little poster that goes home to every kid. It goes put up around schools and maybe there's a couple of adverts on it, you know, like they did during COVID with the guidance. Most sure. people did follow the guidance. Obviously you get people that don't and they're the loudest people. Mm. But the majority of people do follow it and actually listen to it. And it's subconsciously even, even if they're like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Well, it will go in. Yeah. You know, this is when you should send your kid to school. This is when you can think about not sending them to school. It's got to meet this kind of threshold because the threshold has moved. As a teacher, mm. how confident are you with knowing when to send a child home because they're ill or not? How confident am I? Yeah, how confident are you to look at a child, they present to you, they say, oh, I'm feeling this, this or that. You can see their symptoms. As class teacher, it's down to us to say, okay, look, carry on with your mm. work. We'll get to lunchtime. Mm -hmm. Or, okay, go down to the office. We'll ring parents. I'm, <sighs> how, how do you, because this is the same thing. It's a hard one, This isn't is it? the same thing. I never, ever want to send a child home. I don't, mm. I want them no, to be in school as much as possible. I, I maybe put it off more than I should sometimes. Mm. I say, mm. okay, we're in maths, okay? And they say, oh, I'm feeling a bit poorly. Oh, wait till break time. Get some fresh yeah, air, yeah. run about. <laughs> I always say They'll that. wait till break time, yeah. come in for English. Oh, well, you know, it's nearly lunchtime now. So we should we see how we feel at lunch? Get a bit of food down you. Mm. Lunchtime comes. Well, eat your food and go outside, a bit of fresh air. It's the afternoon. Oh, well, you know, it's the afternoon now. I've only got a couple of hours. Should yeah, we do yeah. our handwriting? We don't want to ring parents now because they're going to be annoyed because they're only going to come pick you up in an hour. Kick the can down the road, yeah. all whilst obviously making sure the children are feeling. I okay. do that probably ninety nine percent of the time, but and the kids one hundred percent of the time of my whole career have never not been fine. Yeah. So there's the confidence, I guess. The confidence comes from nine years of doing of doing that, and they've never never once not been okay. So when would you? send someone home like do, do you feel like you would benefit as well from any guidance or i definitely would because i am still blagging it really mm. if you think i'm just maybe i'm just lucky that actually mm. those kids are fine i think i've obviously developed you know I've taught thousands of children now of so i am starting to recognize signs when children mm. are just blagging it a bit maybe yeah. they're just common in their what's it called but they're persistent yeah persistently absent children where i'm like okay you're clearly not constantly ill all the time you're actually just okay but I would I would benefit from some guidance because I'd like there to be a bit more of a clear threshold because yeah. I am just kind of doing it on my own yeah. um, understanding. But it's when normally when kids have actually been sick. Yeah. And and so on that, our- That's uh, a red card yeah. for me is in terms of- okay, go. Vomited, straight home to yeah. me, straight yeah. home. Yeah. Um, when children have any kind of diagnosis or any sort of medical history that I know sure. about- Sure, where and it's flaring up. It's flaring up and I'm like, okay, this actually is a condition. Yeah. Um, or typically, if it's a child who has really good absence, mm. uh, what do you mean? <laughs> really attendance, absence, really good attendance. Sorry, yeah. they've got really, really, like really mm. good attendance. Th those kids that are in yeah. when they've got a sniffly cold, yeah. 
if they they have a bit more credit i think almost yeah, I and i mean. think that's just how life works isn't yeah, it you know when yeah. when i know their parents send them in even when i'm thinking oh they are quite poorly yeah if they are really complaining yeah. about being feeling really ill yeah. and i've done the whole i've banned yeah. it off till break time whatever yeah. and they're still like i really don't feel good yeah i do generally consider bringing yeah. home yeah. and but i don't even then i don't say they need to come home it's sort of like oh this is the situation what do, what do you think parents sure because they might go no they're putting it on this morning because yeah, yeah, they wanted yeah. to watch the new pokemon <laughs> you know, hey it's I'm not like, 1998 okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they wanted to watch that new pokemon <laughs> the milky bar kids on tv <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not 1950s. Yeah. yeah, I guess I guess that's right. I, but my point is, I'm, that's not something I'm really, really confident on. And it's yeah. a theme we're going to come on to again Good in guidance. terms of um, you know SEM provision and stuff like that mm. in terms of a teacher, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think just to summarize that point, really good idea, but a lot of that trust has been broken. I think... I don't know what we can do to build those gaps with the government again. Because yeah. even when the government released this guidance, I can imagine there are a whole bunch of people who go, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. You made my kid miss months of education. <laughs> yeah. So so nothing you can say about how important education is is going to resonate with me. Yeah, because I, my kid was fine and they were off school. I guess if schools take a bit proactive about it, it might yeah. come from a different avenue. You know, you yeah, know how schools true. used that's to be true. really hot on? Yeah. And I don't see this as much anymore. And this was clearly mm. maybe an initiative that mm. came from the government mm. once upon a time. Mm. The whole like the posters that were like, if you miss, if you miss one day, yeah. it yeah. equates to this and the whole yeah, reading yeah. ones as well like the opposite one yeah, where it's like if you yeah. read for more than 10 minutes a day all you, these vocab words these, yeah those yeah. those kind of like stat posters i reckon they probably tri trickled down and mm. i think they had quite a big impact because mm. i still think about them mm. and i think you could yeah I, I i think it could work having some guidance i reckon that would tackle a big chunk of those parents that we were talking about earlier who really they, they just need to get their kids to like the kids are, their kids are fine maybe they're a bit anxious yeah. now about health anxiety so definitely and they're like and they're not sure so they keep them home but guidance or, would help them for yeah sure. guidance would help those kind of people it wouldn't help what we're going to talk about now yeah you know other reasons that yeah. children are off yeah. so we're going to talk about um uh, SEND so children's yeah. special educational educational needs yeah um and also uh we're going to talk about like lower lower income families. Yeah, we'll come on to that because we'll talk um, about the whole deterrent of fines and stuff. Yeah, but and how I've, that guidance maybe wouldn't. Yeah, because it's not that's not the reason no, they're not coming in. So exactly, we'll get to that in a bit. Exactly. I think what we talked about there is very much on the increase in children who are actually ill and have authorized illness. Mm. There's got to be a reason why that seems to have doubled. Yeah. Kids aren't twice as sick as they yeah. were. The threshold has just moved. The threshold back down. Exactly that's right. It. So let's move on then to yeah. what you just said because mm. I think some of the biggest barriers that we have to absence right now. A certain groups of children, especially post-COVID, who are way, way, way more likely to suffer from absence than any other groups of mm. children. And this is where I think we need to stop pointing the finger at children, parents, and start looking at the systems that we have in place. Mm. So this is definitely now where we're going to be shifting from any kind of blame on parents at all or children to systemic failures, I think. Yeah. So a big, I'd say the three things we're going to talk about, just to talk about what you just said there, SEND, children mm -hmm. have special educational needs, mental health yep. since covid is just unbelievable in the worst way possible and low income mm. and and the worst thing is when we have things overlapping yeah low yeah, income yeah. scnd children who are struggling with mental health it's like yeah, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. you you're in a situation where low abs low low attendance is you know very understandable so let's start off with these barriers that we have so with special educational needs, mm. this is a big thing. We talked about wanting to do something to do with absence on stories and Instagram this week. You can follow us at Teach Sleep Repeat Podcast. <laughs> it's where it's all happening, guys. We've got loads of new followers. Hello, everyone, if you're listening and you're brand new. 
But on Instagram, we got some messages, got a message again from Kizzy, one of the person I talked about who sent yes, us an email. I remember, yep. um, and yeah, with, with SEND, she said, look, guys, when you do this, she's mm. really looking forward to it. When you do this, you've got to talk about how we are failing our SEND children, essentially. Mm. And we truly are. SEND children, as class teachers, we now are the central focal point for providing these children with all the provision that they need. We're the people who write their um, their IEPs, their health plans. Yeah. We're the people who write their targets. Mm. We're the people who will, uh, you know, track how we're going to meet those targets and what we need to put in yeah. place, whether it's assistance, whether it's us, whether it's time before. And also have to action it because we are their teachers Yeah, as we're well. with them every day. And so, you know what? That's, that's uh, no, I don't think anyone begrudges that being part of mm. their job. The worst thing in the world that's happening with our SCND children is now we are systemically failing them because of such a lack of training. Yeah. Since this came in, this idea that the class teacher is the linchpin to SEND provision, how much training have we received? As a nation? Funded training? Nothing. 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 It's, it's classic government saying, oh, we could just make them in charge. What? Yeah. This huge, huge, where these children are our most needy children in the country, in our classroom, mm. who of course we put everything in for them, we mm. possibly can do. And they're the, the bulk of our attention anyway, yep. because they have to be. Yep. Suddenly we're now the people in charge of all of that with no formal training. Yeah. If there are SEND <laughs> children who are struggling to get into school, because their needs are not being met in yeah. school, a mainstream school, which is where we want them mm. to be, and we'll come on to that in a second, that there's nothing we can't magically make them get in i can't magically be the person to get that child in on into school yeah. it's not going to happen until we have systemic and you're going to know what it is now in terms of what we need to have to solve this problem <laughs> money needs money. to be put in it's it's not a joke anymore this is look at the numbers so some stats SEND have significantly higher rates of absence than everyone else a big part of that are legitimate absences. So it's something we need to be careful of when we talk about this. Yeah. SEND children are far more likely to have appointments, to have health visits that mean their absence is higher and yep. it's authorized. Yeah. So we need to not make comparisons. Part, part of their away. life that we cannot discriminate them completely, against, but just because they have, you know, like they can't help not being in school for those appointments and yeah. those, those anything related to the yeah. to the reason they're you know SEND. And I think one of the biggest issues we've got with SEND children and their rate of absence is mainstream schools have to be the place where we aim to have children mm. however for that to be the case we need the correct support mm. Mm. we're in a real limbo at the minute we're in a massive limbo in education where we're failing these children because we're not providing enough support in mainstream schools for them but mm. we're pretending that that's still the place for them right now yeah it needs to be the place for them but they there's simply not enough funding or money in place to be able to do that it, it's mm -hmm. it we're not magic yeah. we can't yeah. magic up it, this support it's like it's like having a GP who hasn't done the training yet. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you know, the, do you know what I mean? In yeah. terms of like, if we're sat yeah. there, if you just happen, if you just happen, because it is potluck, mm. if you just happen to have four children in your class with mm. very, very ind individualized learning needs, that is it, it, crucial that we meet for them, right, as an individual. And, it, and it's so important and it, and it should be so important. And we're not even saying we should take this away. Absolutely it not. absolutely is our job yeah. to meet those children's needs. It's not going to happen if no one has given the teacher, me, whoever it is in this situation, any training on it other than here's here's a report that you can read about their their um here's a report you can read diagnosis. You've, you've got to write the next three. Yeah, yeah. And know exactly what but they need. But sometimes that's this it. Report. I find it's like, oh, here's this here's this eight page report, sure. like the diagnosis, summary of the diagnosis yeah, of this yeah, yeah, child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, now you know what condition they have or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm like, 
cool. Oh, so I've got to write a report for an, uh, someone with ADHD and someone with uh, like high high um, functioning ASD. Yeah. And also someone who's got a medical, uh, you know, uh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a diabetes, um, you know, monitor. And we need to be sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, I've got to completely understand all three of them and put things in place and have no extra funding or training whatsoever. Or time to do so. Oh, okay. Right. And then their parents keep them at home because uh, maybe their needs aren't being completely met by the system. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I yeah. wonder. I want, yeah, should we fix that? Let's just get them in, shall we? Oh, no, let's no. just point the finger. No, Dylan, it costs money. Oh, it costs money. It costs money. It costs money. I, it makes me angry. That means we can't. It makes me angry though. I, I'm actually getting annoyed just thinking about it, that if there are children who have special educational needs, who, it, hello, it's in the title. We cannot pretend that these needs can be met willy-nilly until the government step up and put funding in place in the right places. Don't yep. just throw money at nothing. Training, support, one-to-one mm -hmm. -one provision when needed. If the aim is going to be to have them in the mainstream, which it should be as much as is possible for mm. every child, obviously not for every child, but for most children, the number one aim should be mainstream until then they go I'd, somewhere I'd else. I'd be interested, um, just before we move on to the next point about mm. mental health, just sticking with that for a second, the whole mainstream school, that's the only part that triggered me when I was reading that committee report, yeah. when, it, when it was saying these children should be in mainstream school and only be using specialist schools as like intervention almost rather yeah, than yeah, being yeah. there all the time. And I was a bit like, no, because I'd like to know based on the system I mean, how many times all of our teacher listeners out there have you in the past ha had a child in your class where you've maybe had a conversation with an adult and been like oh they just need to be they, they shouldn't be here mm. they shouldn't be here they should be at a specialist school mm. and and that really if you really break that down because I've done that many 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 times over my career that shouldn't be the conversation we're having the conversation should, that we should be having is cool so what can we access now this I've, I've ended, identified that this kid is not coping well just in the mainstream setting with no extreme intervention what what have we got in place? What can we do? What funding have we got? What training and resources have we got to help them? If we had a good government, we would be able to have that dialogue and it wouldn't result in us being like, oh, I feel like I'm failing this child because I've got nothing that I can do in my resources or my time or my training. There's nothing's been put in place for this kid. That's the problem. It's really changed my mind on it because I was a bit triggered at first about that. And now I'm like, no, it's just the system's broken. It's not, it's not, my, it's not me. I, I should be getting the training. I should be getting the resources so I can help that kid happily and not feel like I'm letting them down. It's teacher guilt is the worst thing in the world. Yeah, it's it is the worst thing guilt. in the world because as soon as those 30 odd kids walk through your door, they're your children for three years. Mm. And no matter what their needs are, you want to meet every single of those child's needs. Yeah. It might be that one child has a need of simply having a chat with them every now and then and they're mm. not on an SEND register, but you individually learn their needs because good yeah. teachers do that. There's another child who needs one-to-one -one support every single day. Mm. I'd feel- And you don't have that either. So stressed if I just happen to have a class in the future where, where it was like, okay, you've got five children in your class with, with individual healthcare plans. I'd be like, I'd feel really, really stressed yeah, and, I, and I'd almost, I'd panic about it. I'd want, I'd want to do it. Cause also it, you've got a child who's got English as initial language, by the way, in yeah. your class as well. And, oh, and also you've got a class where there's just consistent absences mm. and just because they- But it'd be really easy just for someone to turn around to me and be like, oh, you just don't want to help, you don't want to help those kids. Yeah. It's like, no, no, that's not what would make me stress. I'd be stressed because I know I won't get any support to help yeah. and I've just got to do it off my own back and, in time and, somehow. And, 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 and I might not yeah. do it very well because I don't know. And I need the training. When, when their needs aren't met, the finger points to you. Yeah. Not the system that's broken. No, 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 no. Because we made the teacher that you're in charge. Yeah. So there's a reason why. It's obviously it all your fault. falls on you now. Anyway, the whole, yeah, it's all a yeah. big horrible circle there. I think maybe mm. you can see that from our analogies, but mm. it's very broken. We need an intervention of funding and training from the government. Guess what? We won't get it. We might get it, actually. We yeah. might get it just before the election when they realize yeah, no, election one's, year. no one's going to vote for them. It's election year. <laughs>
Guys, so we might get something from the front line here. Two teachers, it's broken. It's broken. Yeah. Another big thing, obviously, SEND provision uh, for a long time. I think it's become more and more mainstream in terms of more accepted from a lot of people. Like, yes, this this you know these children have these needs. Mm. It was brushed under the carpet. It still existed back in the seventies and eighties and nineties, <laughs> but it's much more in the forefront now. Much more accepted. Much more mainstream. Let's say mm. for it to be accepted and yeah okay we we understand mm. this do we get the help no but we know it's a thing right Can I just, sorry I want one really quick point because i know you want to move on but i've spoke to a lot of older people who say to me yeah those kids just weren't at school back in my day yeah. and they almost see it as a it's such a detriment for these kids to be in mainstream school and the irony is yeah. right those kids i've <laughs> seen so many children on the SEND register with severe needs that have absolutely thrived at mainstream school and, and almost definitely yeah achieved a better the best version of themselves at yeah. that school yeah. maybe compared to if they went to a specialist school where they might have been they might just not have had as many you know the, the same yeah um the social aspects everything yeah and uh, but it's funny because older people would be like oh it's yeah. such a detriment isn't it that they've now got they've been shoved into mainstream school mm. it's like no it shouldn't be because yeah. if the funding was there it would be the yeah. best thing ever to happen to them yeah yeah it just isn't quite there and the i think system. Uh, on that point there are some children who thrive going to specialist schools. Yeah, well. of course. Of so course. I think the overall point here has to be, yeah, guess what? Special educational needs is really individualized and yeah. there's no shortcut mm. to doing it properly other than fully funding yeah. And it's not child. doing what used to happen, which is anyone uh, remotely or, them all any, away put them all into the yeah, specialist disgusting. school. Like, well, some of those children probably shouldn't be there. They would yeah. actually be better in mainstream yeah. school with a bit of support. Yeah. Hmm, every individual child with special <laughs> educational needs really does need it. Yeah, of course yeah, some they do. special attention they need or an individual plan. Mm. It's unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, go on, carry on. Yeah, since COVID, I think this is a big thing for adults as well so obviously you're listening to this you're an adult hello adult you also have noticed a big dip in the mental health of the nation ever since and again i think this is slightly behind SEND to becoming more mainstream and acceptable but we're definitely getting there rapidly now i think mm. especially after covid mm. where it's okay to say mental health is physical health and it's just as important and they're both intertwined yeah mental health since covid again huge rise and i think this is indescribably linked indescribable indeniably linked undeniably linked get my prefixes go. right words undeniably linked to the covid pandemic and being trapped indoors yeah. we did it for a reason which was good i'm not one of these people who think that covid was made up i'm not one of these people who's gonna be like oh there was all these bloody scientists no 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 it was for a really good reason but let's not pretend that it didn't have a massive detriment in a different <laughs> yeah, way yeah. which was mental that we health. need to deal with now yeah we have to deal with that now we can't pretend it was not a thing just because we had to do it so again another one of these things it's funding and we're going to sound like a broken record the child and mental health service c-a-m-h-s you may have seen it especially if you're a teacher uh, this is a service where it's to help mental health with mm. children and the amount of children experiencing mental health problems has rocketed yeah. both in yeah. primary school and especially in secondary school as they reach adolescence even more so so i'm a secondary school teacher now sure i've got a child that i've identified maybe over a, yeah. a series of time mm. who is who, whose mental health is seriously declining sure and it's affecting their absence affecting their, their absence attendance. massively yeah. Yeah. um so what you're telling me is i yeah. can contact yeah. the child and mental health services yeah, yeah, and yeah. they will be able to receive some Absolutely. services to help yeah, them. yeah yeah in about three years mm. yeah because the waiting list for these <laughs> things because post-covid huge need for it <laughs> mm -hmm. but nothing's happened in terms of funding nothing's happened in terms of widening this it's inaccessible, this yeah. service. It's years now, isn't it's it? It's years for a yeah, rating list, like 18 months. That is two, that's 18 months of children not getting into school. And more importantly, by the way, I know we're focusing on children getting into school. That's 18 months with someone suffering from mental health problems without being helped. Yeah. Like, just look at the bottom line here of we're not helping our children who mm. are suffering from mental health issues. Mm. It's disgusting. And one of the things the committee say here is, hello, 
This, by the way, this also needs funding, please. Government, can you please put some mm, money into mm. this? It, it was a really good thing, I think, from the committee, which which has to happen. They said every secondary school, urgently, never mind primary school, by the way, just secondary school, because it is a big problem in secondary school. Um, we know it's a problem in primary, but at least they said every secondary school, urgently, their mm -hmm. words, needs funding for mental health provision by 2025. That includes training staff and what to look out for, where to go, and there's no point training staff and making sure as teachers know what mm. to look out for for mental health unless professionals are going to come in and help them as well. We need money plowed into isn't, this. Isn't there a hilarious uh, loop in this system as well? It's, it's even, mm. even worse where, so I, I know we've probably said notes, but you know more about this, about them not... So currently an absence for mental health is recorded as an unauthorized absence. Sure, because, because you need medical... You need medical evidence. Yeah for it to go to go down as a legitimate yeah. medical reason yeah. and you can't get the medical evidence because there's a two-year waiting list exactly for it. and right. i'm just like oh yeah. my god so this horrible loop of a lot of the unauthorized absences are mental health yeah so a big thing the committee have said as well is they need another code you know you see codes and registers for anyone who doesn't know when you do a register m is uh, absent for medical yeah. c might be like an authorized absence for a different reason maybe yeah. you're going to like a family yeah. funeral. and different schools have different codes yeah as well. different, like, it's so all, it's all coded um, but they're saying we need a code for mental health issues so that it is authorized still and then we can track it. Because at the minute, it's just down as unauthorized. It's the same as someone just being late. Yeah, exactly. It's the same yeah, as someone just it. not being bothered to come in for a morning. It's the same on the register as someone who's suffering from mental health yeah. problems. And if we're not tracking it properly, then yeah, it is stupid. It's a stupid yeah. start, isn't it? Yeah. If we're not tracking it properly, then yeah. we can't really make proper no. analysis of what's going on. No, not at all. I just think... I, I, one of the overarching themes here is obviously funding. Yeah. Another overarching theme for me, and it's something I'm really frustrated with as someone who cares. And I said this on our story, <laughs> right? Yeah. That we became teachers because we care about children, right? We became teachers because we want what's best for the children. We think it's really important. As someone, as people who care about our kids massively, seeing this happen is, is so frustrating. And mm. what's even more frustrating is when the government, especially, try to pretend that we're the experts and everything. Yeah. And I think we need to normalize as teachers saying that we absolutely are not the experts everything. I'm really good at planning and delivering math lessons. Mm. I'm really quite good at taking a curriculum, understanding how children learn, mapping that out to my class responding mm. as i go assessing as i go changing my learning as i go mm. getting the children to an end point and by the way as i've been going through not because of any formal training but i feel like i'm good at building relationships with children yep. and knowing their needs and meeting their needs as expert. much as possible i'm an, an expert, expert at that. teaching i'm an expert at teaching like and there's a lot of really good amazing teachers out there everyone i've worked with is an expert teacher they're fantastic and if they're early in their career they're learning and they're bloody brilliant as well because they've got the drive and the passion. What I cannot pretend that I am is someone who can adequately spot mental health trauma. Mm. I'm not someone who can adequately say what a child needs in terms of a provision for a very, very individualized special educational need they have. I'm not trained properly in that. No. So when you can probably do it to a surface okay, level, but, I can but because you're not an to. expert. I'm not an expert. So mm. we need to stop pretending that this can be brushed under the carpet. Mm. This this cannot be solved by just saying, well, you know, here are the problems, teachers, off you go. No, we need people in school, experts in school, training delivered to make me an expert in something if you want me to be, or yep. people who are experts, because do you know what? It's a whole profession. Understanding mental health is an entire profession. Understanding dyslexia is an entire profession. Understanding ADHD is an entire profession. Like to be an expert at that takes years and years of learning about it and doing it in schools. 
We cannot pretend that class teachers are that. We are not. We need support. It's the only way this is ever going to change. Amen to that, my brother. Amen to that. Well, yeah. Dylan, that was that was very passionate, very yeah. good. And I enjoyed listening to that. We yeah. are going to have a quick jingle break. No. <laughs> it's been, this is normally about how long our episodes are, but join us after the jingle because we're going to carry on. We've got one more topic. We're going to be talking about find out after the jingle. <laughs> Okay, welcome back. Well done for waiting the whole three seconds to find out. Banter, oh, we, banter, we, banter. we know how to keep you here. Banter, banter. Anyway, Dylan, got a question for you. Yep. The problem, you're going to be a bit embarrassed now because okay. you've been talking about this for an hour. Okay. Government have kind of solved it though, haven't they? Oh. They have already solved this oh, issue. Oh, what have they done? Have Did I missed you not, it? When, when kids don't come to school, you just give them a fine. Oh. So they have solved the problem because oh. if you don't bring your kids to school, we're going to fine you. That's yeah. what the government said. Fines are famously great yeah. for uh, deterring everything. <laughs> yeah. So. But, but someone's, what was it someone said to me before? Like fines. Oh, I can't remember. Fines are only a system for, for the poor. Yeah. That's I'm what they are because the rich yeah. don't care. Think about traffic traffic fines, yeah. right? Yeah. Parking fines, okay? Yeah. If, if, you're, if you're incredibly rich, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, let me start this whole analogy again. <laughs> yeah. If you go and put on a double yellow line, yeah. let's say it's a 60 quid fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you go and pay for parking, it's like three pound. Yeah. So us, three pounds to 60 quid, blimmin' hell, I'm going to yeah. go and get my, going to go and pay my three pound. I don't want to get a 60 <laughs> yeah. pound fine. When you earn a hundred times more than I do, yeah. three pound is 60 pound yeah. and the rest. Yeah. So yeah. it's that, you know, I don't have to pay anything because I'm rich. And mm. if I do get caught every now and then, it's less proportionally than all you guys are going. Yeah, don't care. Don't care. It cost me sixty pounds to park my car here. That's the way. That's the yeah, analogy. Exactly. I think it was. When I get caught. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. is not even all the time. Yeah, so it's free. if you know, what do you think about in terms of that? Would you have a a, um, a scale for rich people, like a percentage of your income for like parking fines and stuff? <laughs> I imagine that's a big thing. Well, because uh, speeding fines are like that. I don't, I don't know if you know that. No, they, they've changed over the years. Like yeah. speeding fines used to be a flat fees, but now they are like over certain types of fines anyway certain types of speeding and things mm. it's like it's on your weekly income now yeah I think that's good it's like yeah you, you get fined a week's income I saw someone like try and defend that I think it was one of the sidemen we're going to have a whole episode by the way on sidemen oh, what, and KSI? their influence on children <laughs> it wasn't KSI it was another one of the crew that do but, like, yeah, YouTube that, that stuff crew, yeah, yeah. he tried to defend uh, on a YouTube short that absolutely shouldn't be to do with your money it's not my fault that I've got more money than you I was, and, then, and then his co-host was like yeah but it obviously should, though, shouldn't yeah. it? Do you know what a deterrent it's, is? It's not a deterrent for you because you're talking about doing it. Yeah, yeah, you've got yeah, yeah. If it's not a deterrent for you anymore, then it's not a deterrent. Exactly. It has to be a deterrent for everyone. Exactly. So it might have to scale. Oh, it's only yeah. for poor people. Anyway, why are we talking about deterrents yeah. and fines anyway? But because, okay, so the current system, in the current system, um, you know, schools are able to issue a fine. So if you're, if you're persistently absent, um, we'll talk about the kind of rules, I guess, of like when you're supposed to fine and, and the committee has given guidance on it. Um, fine. So fines have been proven to have an impact yeah. in getting children back to school. So that they're not completely useless. Sure. But, you know, with everything, there are, there are pros and cons. And there are a lot of cons mm. to fines. Yeah. I don't like them. Is that your gut feeling? Yeah, I'm just going to jump the gun here and just kind of... I think that's what you were getting at. Because mm. I don't really like them. No. I think there's two reasons for this. Number one, I would say on the current climate, everything we've just spoken about... Mm. Do you think a fine would solve them problems? So do you think a fine would solve the problem of SEND children not getting the prison they need? Do you think a fine would then be like, oh, suddenly my kid can come in? My, my answer is just reality. The fines existed before COVID. They existed through COVID. They still still exist now. And all these problems have still happened. <laughs> exactly. So I don't think they'll fix it because yeah, they aren't yeah. fixing it and they exist right now. <laughs> That's such a good point. Uh, but they do have some impact. You know, I don't think, I don't necessarily think, I'm, I wouldn't jump straight to you, we should get rid of them. Because I do think they probably have a place. There are probably some specific uh situations in which maybe a parent is taking, okay, well, taking the mick we'll come on to that because 
Okay, let's do it right now, actually, yeah. because there are some there are some instances where you might be in a primary school, let's just say, and then two roads away, there's another school. Mm. The exact same absences have happened. Yeah. And uh, because at the minute it's down to the whim of the head teacher yeah. to decide yeah, 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 yeah. when is suitable for a fine. They've got to meet a threshold. But once that threshold is met, mm. they don't have to issue a fine. It's still down to the head teacher. Yeah, yeah. So you could have two schools, two absences, two backgrounds, exactly the same, low-income families. One's getting shafted for 80 quid, which is a huge proportion of their weekly income, their monthly income. Yeah, yeah. It might mean that they go without food for a bit. Mm. And one family is just getting away scot-free. Uh, what you're saying is, okay, yeah, there should be some fines, but maybe it should be like individualized and basis. That's kind of what we've got now. And it's, it's not really Yeah, I working. guess so. so. It probably isn't working very well. So maybe we do need, again, a bit more guidance on mm. where and how this is to be used. Or like you said, just a better system, maybe. Yeah. I, th I guess my point is I wouldn't want to scrap fines if we had nothing else in place. Sure. If, sure. We had, if, if the other option was zero deterrence. Okay. I, I just don't, I think that, you know, it has some okay. impact. Can I explain why I think we should get rid of them? Go and I'm it. absolutely on the side of... Yeah, like, even if there was nothing in place. I think, just get, I think just get rid of them. Yeah. Okay, go on. Because uh, although there's been a minimal in uh, minimal difference here, mm. I do think that, and this is backed up by the evidence of the committee, that low-income families, one of the last kind of groups of people we're going to talk about who have been much more impacted by yeah. absence, they're much more likely to receive, receive fines because they're much more likely to be absent. Right. I think the impact of a fine on a low-income family mm. is unbelievably huge mm. to the point where even us now as professionals who aren't incredibly rich people but we are bloody well off compared to what the people we're talking about mm. we've got children living in poverty mm. who already aren't getting enough nutrition who already we're fighting and arguing that we should be getting free meals for those people yeah if they're missing school do we think that it's ever remotely good to say okay 80 quid please parents i guess in my little analogy in my brain earlier of mm. keeping the fines i'm never finding those people sure that's but, the problem but, isn't but it? then this is the but same people problem could. of it's down to yeah the women yeah, i wouldn't teacher. i wouldn't they'd yeah. be in, when i'm talking about looking at individual situations they'd be the ones i wouldn't be doing it to sure but there might be other parents where you know maybe they are well off and they're going on their fourth holiday for so the would year. you have a scale then? and i'd be like oh you're gonna you know you're just taking the mic now because the committee say it needs to be more consistent how it's how yeah, it's labeled yeah. and it feels like what you're saying although coming from a good place is very inconsistent yeah would well, you, it is inconsistent. Would, would you have still some rules then but just Higher the I don't know if you could. That's the problem. Mm. I don't know if you could. So my point is, because you can't, just don't have them. Yeah, yeah. Because if if one family mm. get fined eighty quid, who literally can't afford eighty quid and they're behind in their rent now, or the child didn't get one dinner, mm. that would annoy me more than five rich families getting away of going on holiday. Mm. What if they could have just sent their kid into school? So what are the barriers? Yeah. Is my question okay. here. So what but are the barriers? Why are these kids not coming SCND, to school? Mental health, everything we just talked about. Yeah, the, the but fine, they'd be authorized, right? The fine isn't isn't well, talking about. Wouldn't be, would it? No, mental health wouldn't be an SCND yeah. if the things aren't <laughs> in place for a mainstream school. Yeah. We see it all the time. If the mainstream don't have the funding, we just talked about it. They're, they're going to be unauthorized absence because mm. the kid doesn't want to come in because it knows that he's going to have the worst time ever in school because there's nothing in there to help him. So for low income families, what other barriers are there then to their attendance? Well, we've got all the ones well, what, we you talked know, about because with low yeah, yeah, yeah. income families, it is higher proportionally. So what is it then? So everything we talked about is more like to affect them so yep. far but there's other things in the cost of living crisis right now transport getting into school yep. if the car breaks down you don't have money to fix the car you can't get into school mm. unless you use public transport you use public transport there might be delays you might be waiting to, you you might be to waiting. work you haven't got other, you, there's other exactly. stuff you can't do you, yeah, you yeah. need to get into work for certain times like that the other thing uniform costs mm -hmm. through the roof if you're in a draconian school and I know of these schools where they're very 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 strict on what you've got to wear and where it's got and to it's come quite from expensive. it's got to come from this school shop which by the way we're affiliated with and we take a profit from <laughs> making school by by the way, not free at the point of delivery because you're forcing them to spend hundreds of pounds on uniform, but you've got to get them from this supplier who we work with and it's got to be a, a blazer with our badge on it and it's got to be a jumper with our badge on it. And a tie. It's absolute nonsense. So, you know, uniform costs, 
that's one thing that can come in. I think it should be a government. Yeah. I think it should be a law well, I guess where just, schools aren't allowed to have branded things yeah. as as compulsory. Yeah, they can have them, but they cannot be compulsory. You should be allowed to go into Next. Oh, sorry, going to um, what's the Florence and Fred in Tesco? Yeah, yeah. You should be allowed to go into George at Asda, get a three pound jumper that's green, yeah. and that should and be that should enough. be absolutely fine. Yeah, absolutely. pick a couple of them up, done. So really, then we can summarize that. that any any cost associated mm. with attending school sure. is obviously a yeah. huge part of the reason that low-income families have, have worse attendance. Absolutely. And, and guess what the committee uh, are suggesting? Oh, go on. That that cost is covered by the government. Yeah. There is no yeah. quick fix to this. Like so much in our society mm. these days with NHS waiting lists, with GP practices, with schools, there is no fix other than stumping up the money. We've got to stump up the money. We've got to pay for low-income families to get their children into school. Yeah. If there's a co any cost incurred from getting your child to school, which is a basic human right, by the way, in education, mm. should be covered, in my opinion, in these instances. Now, devil's advocate right now, because you're cool. good at playing this role in terms of arguing against it. Um, we just said all we said. I think we're pretty much on the same page. I know there'll be people out there who are from low-income families, mm -hmm. whose children go to school every single day. It's a priority. They have that mindset. They're going to get in school. Okay, mm -hmm. we're going to get them into school because yep. I'm the parent. I'm going to make sure... And we talked about it at the start. There is some attitudes that are a problem as well. Mm. But the low-income family, no attitude problem at all. I'm getting my kid into school, no problem. Okay? Mm -hmm. Why on earth don't I get some tax credit then? Why don't I get some... You know, I'm spending 30 quid a week on getting my kid into school on mm. transport. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I've got them new shoes straight away when the head teacher said they need new shoes. Why is that getting paid for by the person next door? Yeah. Just what would be your reply to that? Well, okay. It's hard, isn't it? Because the, the opinion there, it goes down to the classic. Why are they, they're, because they're less organized than me mm. and we're in the same situation, mm. they're getting something that I don't get. <sighs> it's a tough one. Firstly, I, I think if that was to come into play, if there was going to be funding, then I think it should just be a blanket actual, uh, like yeah, an income amount, like a, like a lot of things are in society. Like every school, in, in every kid in school getting free school meals. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. under a certain, you know, income or pupil premium, whatever. So I do think actually it's just, well, regardless of how organized you are, you do mm. get that funding. Oh, well done. You managed to, you were going to sort it out yourself anyway, but here's the funding because actually we want to support you as a family. Yeah. Being a low income family, it's fine. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe they can have a, you can get, now you can get a second jumper. So when yeah. they lose it, they don't have to go cold for three days whilst you find it. <laughs> just yeah. think, do you know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, that it shouldn't be an individual basis maybe there. Yeah. It should just be a straight up threshold of yeah of, for okay. help well the committee did say um before fines are issued fines should be a last resort yeah so the committee stopped short of saying get rid of fines maybe i'm extreme with the view that we shouldn't have any fines at all mm. probably what you're saying is maybe more sensible in terms of there has to be something a deterrent at the end yeah fine yeah, yeah. but they're saying you know attendance mentor programs are coming in attendance well, this hubs is, are coming this in. is attitude right this is attitude. so now i think about the attitude you were saying and it is true and it sounds really harsh to say this and sometimes we're really careful on this podcast we don't yeah. offend anyone but actually at the end of the day yeah. some people do just have a terrible attitude they do school they're just not doing they're not doing the role that they're supposed to be doing very well and they could be doing it better. Their sure. attitude is not very good towards getting their kid to school. Yeah. That is a thing. Yeah. Like, I'm not afraid yeah. to say that. I'm not think... afraid to say it. No, you're right. Uh, but so so what we need to do though is not just moan about them. That's a, yeah. that's a terrible, terrible Tory <laughs> mindset. It's just moan about them and say, well, yeah. they should be better like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not how it works. Yeah. We should then be doing something. So what you were saying there, I was yeah. sorry to interrupt you. No, no, Maybe you're right. start that list again. These are things... Well, they're already starting to be rolled out in some places. Mm. So attendance mentors programs, you get like a professional to be your mentor. You're, yeah. They're the person they go to. Oh, I, we, we struggle getting up this morning. I'm going to I'm gonna talk to Vicky because Vicky's my mentor yeah. and Vicky will talk to me and she'll keep me accountable. Yeah. Like we've always said with health and stuff yeah. or, or marketing with our business, having someone who's going to keep you kind of culpable yeah. instead of just drop your kids off or run off. I'm going to see, sorry, they're late again. Yeah. Having someone who's a yeah, mentor, yeah. having an attendance hub where you get information and help from someone on how to get your kids to school on yeah. time and things like that. 
that's going to be really important. And they say, the committee say, this is working really well where it's rolling out. Yeah, of course it is. Coaches so we need it well. national. Yeah. We need it to be funded and we need it to be national and targeted to the children who are missing school. Think about how many rich people have coaches. Yeah. Because they, because the, because the system of having someone to help you think mm. through another mind mm. to keep you accountable to help. I'm you your think coach. Something. Look how much you've <laughs> you're, come you're, on. And I'm your coach. It's crazy. <laughs> We're just like self-fulfilling prophecy. But yeah, I think this is great. I think this is what we need. But again, it costs money. Yeah. It costs money to have a mentor. It yeah. costs money if you're gonna have them. If you imagine you had a member of staff every school, whose job from well, like the family liaison officer. The family liaison falls on them. Doesn't yeah, it? basically. Yeah. But imagine but they every work falls on them. Everything. Yeah, I know yeah. it. That's the problem. So imagine they had a dedicated staff member, yeah. or even just they had a dedicated amount of funding and time sure. to get them in. Where every morning their sole job is, is attendance and yeah. just keeping those records and yeah. and dialogues with those families and going and visiting them if they need to. They're not tied down to seven other jobs like yeah. they're in RR right now where yeah. they couldn't possibly do that. But they have this time. Okay, we're going to go and see this family because yeah. they're really struggling. That child, you know, that, maybe there's something undiagnosed mm. here we don't know yet. They're a bit mm. young, but they're really challenging in the mm. morning and the, and, the, and the family are struggling to get them to school and quite often they're just giving in because it's upsetting them they're stressed they've got to go to work they're getting the nan round bang you gotta look you know there's these situations where these innocent people uh, who, who are struggling just need help so you've got all these layers you've got poor attitude you've got genuine people who just are just really really struggling need the help you've got people that are just mucking through but actually still deserve the funding because they're from low-income families you've got sen children you've got children with undiagnosed unauthorized mental health issues which should be not unauthorized they shouldn't be getting fined because of this they should be getting help so many layers and every single one of those layers needs money precisely precisely you've summed up really well i think we can add to that list though because this is huge I again, I'm not afraid to say I, I, I come from a background when I was very young, I would be pupil premium. I was free school meals. I, mm. uh, you know, uh, for a long time when we were very young, it was just my mum, me, my sister. I benefited from a lot of things that I'm really passionate about kids getting today. And, and one of the biggest things that I remember from primary school, and we've said this a million times on the podcast, is the amount of enrichment that I felt I got. <laughs> I felt like my when I went yeah. to school, I loved maths. I loved, I was that kid. I loved learning. <laughs> I'm not the typical person to talk about this, I suppose, because on the classic, like if it is just maths, I was happy. I was there. Yeah. But what I remember from, from primary school is going to London to the Natural History Museum. I remember when we got our own caterpillars each in a little aquarium thing, terrarium, mm. maybe it's called, I don't know, the one without water, where we watched our caterpillar turn into a chrysalis and turn into a butterfly. Yeah. Unbelievable things. <sighs> but these, these vivid, vivid memories I have of school are always the enrichment. It's when we got brand new toys on the playground. Mm. It's when our, we got a computer suite in our school. I bet that made you want to go into school, right? Yeah, yeah, literally. I, I, just... I wanted to go in and see my caterpillar. Yeah. It was the best thing ever. Jumping in on the same points. You know, my memory is terrible. Yeah. My mem my memory for those that haven't been with the podcast for a long time yeah. is is like scarily bad. Yeah. I actually don't remember <laughs> most of my childhood. I, I actually just can't think remember mu much if we of it. could get a GP appointment, you would. But, <laughs> yeah, we, but can't, we can't. Go on. There's no fun. I just I just forget. I forget yesterday. I forget everything. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't I don't remember anything. You've already said this school. by the way earlier on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but I tell you what, I do remember. I remember when I was in year four and we had I this. you were going to forget. No, 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 no. And we had, I was trying to think of the year group I was in. I was definitely yeah. a bit younger than six. Year four and we had this, this little, this guy came in to do a science workshop yeah. and we got to, it was like lab equipment and it felt yeah. so cool. We were making little potions and like we were learning to tap them yeah. to allow like the, to, to knock the mixture around. So the yeah. smell came out so we could, we could get a whiff without like 
putting our nose yeah. in it. All these little silly little things. Yeah. I remember that. I also remember every single year when we had like a drama yeah. group come in yeah. and they actually made like, they made like a proper yeah. setup in our little school. Hall. And you did drama in GCSE. I did drama in GCSE. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I remember all that. I remember that stuff. Yeah. I remember the Christmas parties because they were fun. Yeah. These are all yeah. like things. I don't, I don't, I can tell you what, I cannot remember a mm. single lesson mm. I ever learned mm. other than the ones that were really fun. <laughs> yeah. Like making a booklet yeah. about World War II. And, I and just, again, we know that the lessons you don't remember, you still learn stuff. They're of course. Of course. But the point we're but making they weren't the reason I was coming to exactly, school. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and this is the point we're making here. These the enrichment is so important to keep children engaged, yeah. to keep them wanting to come in. They're children <laughs> at the end of but, the day. Just think about it for a minute. I had a kid a couple of years ago. I just, this is perfect. This is the perfect example of this. A couple of years ago, severely absent. So it would fall into that category, severe absence. <laughs> and was off, honestly, for about four weeks. Mm. And then we had an enrichment activity mm. planned for, for the afternoon of one day. Mm. Guess when they came in? Yeah. Specifically for the after, didn't even yeah. come in for the yeah. morning of wow. that day. They yeah. only came in and they were well enough, yeah. completely yeah. fine. Yeah. Came in for the afternoon of that day. Yeah. Really diff difficult child, extremely challenging behavior at home. Yeah. Family really, really struggled to get this child in. Yeah, yeah. Exact pinnacle th situation there where yeah. it's like, cool, that kid would have been at school for four weeks if there was like a liaison officer to help them. Yes. Enrichment at school yeah. and someone to go and help them at home. Yeah. It just, but nope, they missed, yeah. they missed four weeks of school. So the point of us talking about this is that there's, there's stats behind this. In the last decade, oh. one billion pounds less has been spent or provided this funding to schools one billion in the last decade ignore inflation one billion less if it was the same it would still be less because of inflation yeah has been spent on enrichment activities in school we're talking arts music the things like drama the things that children love doing mm. that engage children the most that we've just wiped out. It's not a Tory mindset maths you do you do column edition can you read mm. do you know what a front of the verbal is Mm. No, 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 no. No, sorry. You're not going to pretend to be a Roman Viking for a day. Yeah. Excuse me. Can you add four and seven? Is that science lab thing, whatever Honestly, that is, going to yeah. help us beat the Chinese in the league tables? Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. do we yeah. really care about that? Come yeah. on. So if you're a child, right? Who cares? That's all right. I'm only missing arithmetic practice and reading this this text that I've got no interest in. Mm. I, you know, I love art. I, I, love, I, love, I love drawing mm. things. I love making things. We're not doing that for, for six weeks. Oh, all right. Well, I can't be bothered then. Yeah, it all feeds in. And guess what? Yeah. Low-income families are the ones where school is the only opportunity to do these things. Mm. They love... Imagine loving art. Imagine loving drawing. You used to love drawing when you were younger. Mm -hmm. Okay? Drawing's, thankfully, quite a cheap thing to be able to do. Imagine someone came in and showed you sculpting. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. get the chance to do this at home. Yeah. If you're in a low-income family, expensive. the only enrichment you get is the stuff you get through school. And it's just being squeezed and squeezed and squoezed. Okay. It's, it's been, been squozen. squozen to death. It's been squozen to death. Yeah. And I think that's another string to the bow as to why children aren't coming into school. They mm. need enrichment. They Hang are on. little children. Does it cost money? It costs money. It, it costs money to not to not spend a billion pounds less. It's yeah. a lot of money, guys. You felt it. I know you have. I know every teacher watching this right now, will. if you've been teaching for more than two years, you, you probably know, yeah, even in my time as a teacher, mm. I have seen those enrichment activities disappear. Unless you work at a school who's really passionate about these things and they and they go out of their way to fight the trend and, and do it because I have heard of some schools that do that. But it often but they, comes they, to the detriment yeah, they cut something of the else. things. They've got to cut something else. They don't have, they don't really have the money to do mm. it. They're finding the money in different ways yeah. and it's just, that's not how it should be. 
Yeah. You know, it should be funded. So there was there was basically one finding in this committee. Well, we can finish yeah. on this. Because yeah, which was get your kids to school. <laughs> it was get your kids to school. <laughs> but I think to summarize before we go into the last one, mm. it uh, less finger pointing because even when it's the fault of the parent, even yeah. when you exhaust all options and they just need to buck their ideas up and get their children into school, yeah. pointing the finger will still do nothing. Yeah. So yeah. it's a it's a it's a process where there's going to be lots of slow gains hopefully over the next yeah. few years, but it's only going to happen. Like with a lot of things in education, if we stop pretending that we can just put a plaster over it, we can't put a blue paper towel on it. It's not going <laughs> to fix itself. It needs huge amounts of funding. And it, this this was just hilarious to me because this is going to go into the wider context now. The biggest thing they said from the committee that would have the most impact mm-hmm. on a, you know combating low-income families not getting their children to school is to properly tackle child poverty. And the idea that after 14 <laughs> years of, of yeah. conservative government and austerity that, you know, the, the disparity is bigger than ever and we have millions of children in this country, the United Kingdom, we have millions of children living in poverty is disgusting to me. I I, I can't believe it's not the number one thing that we're sorting out. Yeah. I don't care if you earn 80 or 100 grand or more a year and you're scared that people are going to come for your taxes, you need to get over yourself. <laughs> you need to get over yourself because there are people living on 12 grand a year maximum sending not sending their children to school not sending their kids to school and that cycle is going to continue because unless we break that cycle there's no social mobility they're not going to if we're going to just make them out to be the villains of our society because they're leeches and they're not putting anything in this this cycle will go on forever no these are very normal people and until you experience it and you see it for what it is which are just children struggling and parents struggling single parents sometimes on one income who can't afford anything if you think the answer is to point at them and blame them and say, oh, he's 80 quid fine, you need to buck your ideas up because that is absolutely ridiculous to me. He's getting serious over here. It's ridiculous. But thank you for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode because it has been really fun. It's been really fun yeah. for us as well. Yeah. Just to get our teeth stuck into this, mm-hmm. it's certainly just the research process of this episode and talking about it has really, really changed my mindset. And I think I'll think twice the next time a kid's you know, persistently absent of me being, oh, for God's sake, just get your kid in school. Do you know what? There's, there's 12 other factors I should consider about why this isn't happening. Um, and, and pointing the finger just isn't isn't the answer. Absolutely. Hayden, thank you. Uh, guys, please do find us on Instagram at uh, Teach to Repeat Podcast. And if you've got this far, surely we'll have a bit of a review, you know? We don't do sponsors. Yeah, maybe even a full review. Yeah, maybe like, like a five stars on Spotify. But if you have Apple uh, mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, it'll be really good if mm-hmm. they give us a five star review and write a little paragraph. Unless they're toxic SLT. Because then we might get a one star. That's happened before. Don't so we, we don't want that. No, no, no. Guys, thank you so much for <laughs> listening. And this is definitely something, as always, that we'd love to hear your thoughts on. Let us know. Find us on Instagram, as always. And see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>